Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by Vivo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am super excited to welcome Jeff Cavanaugh from 97.1 The Freak in DFW, the Dallas-Fort Worth area to the show because Jeff, there's a big game on Sunday and we got to talk about it. I had heard that. Yes. Hello. 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 Thanks for having me. Yeah. It seems to be like kind of a big deal division round playoffs between the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. It is the final game of division, the divisional round weekend. Not sure I'm saying that right, but I think that is, it is the final game of the weekend. I think probably one of the more anticipated games of the weekend. We'll start with, Kansas City and Jacksonville, and then it'll be Philadelphia and the Giants, uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati, and then it is the 49ers and the Cowboys, a very old-school rivalry, a rematch of last season. Jeff, what should 49ers fans be scared of in this Cowboys team? Ooh, scared of is an interesting word. If they do things if the Cowboys do things properly, then I suppose that answer would be Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb, and Tony mm-hmm. Pollard. Um Every time that Ezekiel Elliott gets a carry, the Cowboys are doing the 49ers a favor. Uh, So hopefully they don't do that too often. But yeah, the Cowboys have been really weird this year because when I go down their roster person by person, it doesn't look like one of the best offenses in football, but it has been since Dak got back. So like the offensive line is not elite. The non-CD Lamb wide receivers aren't great. Uh, And the starting running back isn't as good as his backup, but they have found their way to being a really high scoring offense. And so that's what makes this game really interesting is can you continue to be that against the best defense in football? Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Let's talk defense. Let's start there because you, of course, brought up Micah Parsons, who is one of the best defensive players in football. I think the other best defensive player in football plays for the 49ers in Nick Bosa, the presumptive defensive player of the year candidate. But his biggest competition is, in fact, Micah Parsons. So I want to talk defense because this has the the potential to be a very high-scoring game, but still a defensive battle, if that makes any sense. So when you look at these two defenses, kind of what stands out to you? Oh, I think San Francisco man for man is the better defense. Uh, Probably 10 weeks into the season, the Cowboys in most ways were ranked number one. But since they've lost two starting corners for the year, Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, they're still kind of scrambling to figure out how to fill the void of one of those. They've been lucky enough that Deron Bland, a fifth round rookie, has been really good for them. But the guys who they picked the year before that, Kelvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright, neither one has been able to do the job. Um, So they're still trying to figure out how to be good in coverage. Now, 
where they've been able to make that work is the Cowboys for two years in a row now, which this doesn't happen. Leading the league in takeaways two years in a row doesn't happen because there's just there's a level of variance and luck to it. So it's an outlier, but they keep doing it. And so that's what puts the Cowboys defense on a level with anybody else is the fact that they just keep taking the ball away. They're they're a bad pass defense right now, except when they intercept the ball, which happens every week. Kind of the case last year as well, correct? Yeah, yeah, they were very much, it was turnovers, 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 and then this year it's turnovers, and for a lot of the year, the pass rush, which came back alive last week, so like, they've got individually really good players, mm-hmm. some of them, but they're not, I don't, to me, they're not stacked top to bottom like San Francisco is, they rely on Micah Parsons to let quarterbacks screw up and then someone to catch the football (laughs) and their DBs have done a good job of doing that. It's funny you bring up corner because San Francisco has had a little bit of a similar issue. And I think this is, this is a a luxury problem to have because the defense is so stacked, but they lose Emmanuel Mosley at corner in week five. Diamador Lenore comes in, does a, does a decent job for a while, struggled as of late, had a pretty good game last week against the Seahawks. But if there is a weakness in the 49ers defense, it is on that side of the field at corner Charverius Ward probably had his worst game of the season last week. Not the best timing to do that. I assume, I would imagine, I think 49ers fans would hope that he will write that ship really quickly. But it is interesting that you bring that up because that is if there is a uh, weakness. And the the turnover battle is going to be a thing. I think that very well could be what this game comes down to is who takes care of the ball better, which kind of leads me into my next conversation, which is Brock Purdy, has, who has been fantastic, has yet to face a Micah Parsons-type player. I was asked on the radio on Wednesday if I'm having Micah per- Parsons nightmares. I personally am not because I don't have to play against him, so I'm totally fine with that. But I wonder if there's a point this week where Brock Purdy will start to. Yeah, and that one's, to me, that's one of the best matchups in the game today on the radio. Uh, when we were talking about the matchup I'm most looking forward to is actually the matchup that I hope the Cowboys avoid because so many people in the sports world have a lot of pride. And like you said, you're not scared because mm-hmm. you're not playing. I have no pride because I'm not playing. So I don't want to know, can Micah Parsons beat Trent Williams? I don't want to know. I want to know if he can beat Mike McGlinchey. I want to go somewhere else uh, because like that matchup is probably the best left tackle in football against the guy with the highest pass rush win rate in the mm-hmm. league this year. And like, that would be a great matchup. I don't want it. I would rather go after Mike McGlinchey and see if you can get it done. And that it'll way. be interesting to see what the Cowboys decide to do about that. Yeah. And Micah plays more on the defensive right side than he does the left, but they will move him around. And I would imagine against a team that is going to want to run the ball as much as San Francisco, Micah may get a decent number of snaps playing linebacker as well, as opposed to playing on the edge. So that's the one fun part each week for the Cowboys is what is Micah doing? And most weeks, almost every week, he's been playing mostly on the edge this year, as opposed to splitting time as a rookie. Uh, but I do think this is the sort of game when you're talking rookie quarterback, creative, good run game, where they may play him off the ball some and say, hey, look, it's going to be incredibly important on early downs. You need to tackle the running back. We're not worried about rushing the quarterback. We're worried about who has the ball. Is it Debo? Is it um, McCaffrey? Is it Mitchell? Like, where is the ball going? And Micah, you chase them. So seeing where he lines up will be Let's interesting. Talk run game. So I'm, I've now, as we're talking, decided to just divide this up into, into little sections. We've got defense. Let's talk the running game because you brought up Tony Pollard earlier and how he's the quote-unquote backup running back who's who's 
been more effective than Zeke. And then on the 49ers side of the ball, they have Christian McCaffrey. They have a pretty fresh Elijah Mitchell. Of course, they have the ability to use Debo as a running back, everyone's favorite wide back, as I like to call him. So I think the running game becomes pretty much a huge part of both of these offenses to, to get them going and maybe take some pressure off both the quarterbacks. Yeah, and it's what's wild is I was looking at today, and I believe I believe if you go by EPA per play, that the Cowboys had a really, really, really good run defense. And watching them, it didn't feel that way. <laughs> like, I, I think they just kind of alternate between because the Cowboys, I think what they do is they got so obsessed with how good they were rushing the passer that everybody just starts taking risks, trying to uh-huh. get in the backfield. So they got they got gashed a lot. But then they would have a minus three, and then they would have a minus two. And so it worked out that the Cowboys have a really good run defense. I think that the 49ers have a really good run defense. Uh, And the Cowboys' offensive line pass blocks better than they run block. And they they run – I would say the Cowboys are an okay run blocking team. And that Tony Pollard's ability to get out of trouble, break tackles, run like the wind, um, gives you the ability to have five yards per carry when it's him getting the ball. But when it's somebody who doesn't move like that, Zeke's averaging less than four yards a carry, which is why here it's just, it took people so long to uh-huh. catch up. I've been trying for two years to tell him, hey, Pollard's actually better. And it's, no, it's because he's a backup and he doesn't get the ball as much. Tony Pollard is awesome. Watched, yeah. Um, yeah, and if they, if they feed him the ball when in the running game, I think that San Francisco front and the linebackers are really tough. But you will get some uh-huh. plays. Because there will be a couple where it's one forced missed tackle and then a broken tackle, and 15 yards later, sweet, Pollard did something good. Um, so I don't think it'll come easy for the Cowboys, but I think as long as it's primarily Pollard, you've got a chance to make a couple of big plays. And then for the Cowboys defense against the 49ers run game, to me, that's the most worrisome thing because can you? I think anybody can stop the run if they really want to. It just means you're playing man behind it. And that's when you're going to give a rookie quarterback an opportunity to hurt you is when you make it easy on him with what he's looking at. And so I think it's really important for the Cowboys to be able to stop the run without devoting every resource to the run. And that's hard against Kyle Shanahan. very hard against Christian McCaffrey, who's been the literal, the, the meaning of the word game changer or the phrase game changer is Christian McCaffrey. And since he's come to San Francisco, the offense has just changed dramatically. And we saw it kind of get incrementally better week after week. His first game in Can- against Kansas City, he'd been in Santa Clara like 48 hours. He did not play much. But when he played, you were like, yep, this guy, he's different. There's something different here. And then week after week. And that becomes the major X factor because to your point, if all of the resources are focused on stopping Christian McCaffrey, then you have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Jawan Jennings open for a quarterback who's been very good at finding who is available and who is open and extending plays. And so that will become very interesting. To me, Christian McCaffrey does become the X factor in this game because I don't think that the Cowboys, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you know them better than I do, but I don't think they have a player on offense that has quite that ability and of quite that caliber to just be able to change a game. And that's taking nothing away from Pollard or Stevie Lamb, who is an incredible wide receiver. But Christian McCaffrey is just different. I think that depending, like no one will recognize it until next year, but I do think that Pollard will be talked about that way when he is somebody's guy that gets a hundred targets and 250 carries. I think that he will be talked Mm -hmm. about that way. Um, It's just a matter of 
getting the ball more and not splitting carries. Um, the Cowboys desperately want the X factor in this game to be Brock Purdy, which is why it's impossible for me to like pick one because if the X factor is Christian McCaffrey, the Cowboys lost. And if it's Brock Purdy, then maybe the Cowboys won because it means you were able to limit McCaffrey without bringing down an extra safety every single play. So the goal is, can I make Brock Purdy the X factor without taking away anything from what he's done this year? He's played great. But if you're the Cowboys, you are saying, look, I want to see if that seventh round rookie quarterback against a good defense and hopefully a decent pass rush um, can make things happen when we haven't walked Donovan Wilson and J. Ron Curse and all these guys down into the box. Cowboys need the X Factor to be Brock Purdy. I just don't know if they can make that. Well, then the case. that brings me to the next section of our podcast, and that's quarterbacks. This is really, by the way, we are killing this. I just want you to know if the game goes as smooth <laughs> as this, it's going to be great. <laughs> that, that brings me to quarterbacks. So we saw our guy, Rain Dakota. You guys, I, uh, I'm pretty open about this. I really like Dak. And I know that my listeners and my followers really don't like that about me, but I really like Dak. Uh, But I am a beat reporter. I am not rooting either way. I'm just saying I really like Dak. Uh, So we saw our good friend Dakota Prescott Monday night have an incredible game. It was peak Dak. It was everything you want to see. It was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were very much not the San Francisco 49ers. Other times the season, of course, and, and going into the end of the season, the issue was interceptions, and he was throwing a lot of them. We've seen Brock Purdy, as you said, the seventh round rookie who has played so well, who's been in, I was saying earlier, able to evade tacklers like Debo Samuel called him slippery. And I think that's a really good way to describe him and really extend plays. And I can't tell you week after week how many touchdowns he's asked, was that your first read? And he's like, no, it was my third. And so that says a lot. But to your point, he is going up probably against the best defense he's seen and the best pass rush he's seen. So if we look at the quarterbacks, we'll start with Dak. How concerned are you, though, against this particular pass rush that the interceptions are going to return with a vengeance? Uh, I think it's always possible. And the reason I think it's always possible is Dak led the league in interceptions because Dak has one wide receiver that can get open. And fortunately, like you'll have a lot of fans who are like, he threw 15 interceptions, he sucks. Like If you're the quarterback for the Cowboys, yeah. life's hard. A lot of fans are just going to be ridiculous. Um, the reason the Cowboys led the league in scoring once Dak got back is linked to why Dak threw 15 interceptions. Okay. Because despite not despite having Noah Brown and Michael Gallup and those two guys are in the bottom tier in the NFL this year in terms of separation per route, and Dak is playing aggressive football. He's making the throws. And, and Doing that is why they went from a team when Cooper Rush played for five games. If you got to third down and five, your drive mm-hmm. was over. At third down and 12 now, Cowboy drives mm-hmm. aren't over because Dak is going to take his shot, and it's led to big plays, a bunch of points, and then some contested balls that get tipped and intercepted. And I live with that. Now, can it be the difference in a game? Mm-hmm. For sure. But I think that's the way that Dak has to play. Otherwise, you need score right. points. They're not going to score a bunch of points um, if on third and seven, he's afraid to throw into a tight window because every target he's throwing to except one in CD isn't great at separating. And so I actually think this has been some of the most impressive work Dak has done in his career. And some people are going to look at it and say, oh, he hasn't had a good year. I think he's had a great year. Um, He is with an okay offensive line, one really good wide receiver and a bunch of dudes 
led the team that scored the most points. So I think Dak's been great this year, and the interceptions are just a part of he ain't letting drives end just because it's third long. He's making the throws. Which he's going to have to do on Sunday if the Cowboys have a chance yeah. to win this game. And the Cowboys do have a chance to win this game. I mean, they, they absolutely do. I think this is a game where both fan bases should be a little bit nervous because I do think it can kind of go either way. So let's talk a little bit about Brock Purdy. Uh, he's been quite the sensation in the Bay Area. And then really in, in the NFL, it's been a great story. You had a, a guy, and I say this a lot, I do a thing with the players called Five Fun Facts, and I did Five Fun Facts with him in rookie minicamp. And I was like, this kid's really confident. And he and the 49ers were very high on him. Uh, they He made that 53-man roster. They let Nate Sudfeld go. Had they not signed Jimmy Garoppolo, it was going to be Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. And the 49ers were very comfortable with that, and we're seeing why. He spent most of the season as a scout team quarterback going against this defense. I think it served him well. But as I said earlier, this is the best defense and pass rush he's going to face. I think we saw in the wild card in the beginning of the game, maybe a few nerves, maybe a little bit of like, oh, wow, this is the playoffs and this is a big deal. But for the most part, and maybe I'm just wrong on this and I've been been with this team every day for too long, I don't see him just falling apart. I think, and I, I've said this before, I think I said this the other day on the pod, on this exact podcast, is when when Brock Purdy showed me who he really was, was the December 15th game against the Seahawks, Thursday Night Football. He comes in hurt on four days rest in one of the tougher stadiums to play in against a division rival, and they win the game, and he plays well. And there was one there was one touchdown to George Kittle that was absolutely unbelievable. You would not have known he was dealing with a rib and oblique injury. So I don't know that that's going to be a factor. It, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being naive on that. I don't know that that's going to be a factor. But from someone who's not with this team every single day, what do you think on that? Uh, I think if you're the Cowboys, and this is, again, there's like, there's a fine line, right? When you talk about what might aid a guy playing well versus, oh, you're saying you think he's not good because of like the 49ers with Purdy playing um, on average, when you take all the teams they've played, it averages being about the 24th best defense Uh in football. So I think that helps. But also, you don't get to take away the credit from a quarterback for playing really good football. He's played really good football. He's a pretty good athlete. Um, he's making throws. Uh, I agree. Last week, like I haven't watched every Brock Purdy snap, but what, last week watching him play in the first half, I was like, ooh, that's a little skittish. We're missing uh-huh. some throws. Uh, and then in the second half, we're not. Um, so it's, I, I mean, I think a lot of people in the NFL are jealous of San Francisco and that it is so wild that the offense is almost quarterback proof. Uh-huh. Is there a chance that you found a good NFL quarterback in the seventh round? Sure. It happens from time to time. Uh, More often than not, the answer is like two years from now, Brock Purdy's probably not starting in the NFL, but it doesn't matter because for this week, it's just like you have to prepare for an offense that Kyle Shanahan's so freaking smart. I think the number I saw was 49er receivers last week that were targeted, averaged five yards of separation. Like that's, that's the players, that's the scheme, and it's a quarterback who's just doing the job. And so it'll be up to the Cowboys to be better than the defense that they faced, get to him quicker, uh, and try to force a seventh-round rookie into a bad decision or two because I don't want to say it that that has to happen for the Cowboys to win. It's possible that in an even turnover margin game or if nobody turns it over that the Cowboys outscore the 49ers. But 
I think the more likely route to victory is that your quarterback outplays their quarterback and you force Brock Purdy into a mistake or two. And I'm saying that about a guy who hasn't thrown picks when the Cowboys guy yeah. has, but you just go into it and I say, okay, one of them I know is a really good NFL quarterback. And one of them I'm like, what are you doing? Where did you come from and why are you playing so well? And so the Cowboys want the result of this game to be who played better deck or. Part. I think this game does come down to defense and the quarterbacks. That's it. And that might sound really simplistic, but think that's it. That's what this will come down to. And those two things will probably go hand in hand, like no pun intended, because you get it like hand in hand, the defense gets the same. Okay. Um, but, but these two things probably will go hand in hand. Can the, which defense can force the quarterback to make mistakes. And that I think is what we're going to come down to. I mean, we bar- we haven't talked that much about Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Juwan Jennings, their third down specialist and Elijah Mitch. I mean, there's so many weapons on this 49ers team that I think you're right though. I think this is going to have to come down to turnovers in the yak situation, the yards after the catch for those of you who don't know the, the agreement, the, the Yak situation in San Francisco is unbelievable. They call them the Yak brothers, and they call them that for a reason because they just, yards after a catcher are incredible. And they have just so many players who can do so many incredible things. So there's one other factor in this game that we haven't gotten to yet, and I wanted to end with that, and that you have mentioned it, but that is head coaching. And so you have- Okay, yes. okay. I thought you were going to say special teams, and I was going to go. You're I was like, like, well, well, go. I'm out. This is great. Thank you. No, no. Uh, I'm going to go head coaching. And and I bring that up because I think Kyle Shanahan becomes an X factor in a game it, that, because like you said, he is an incredible play caller and he is puts together an incredible scheme. So you have him against Mike McCarthy. So if it comes down to that, I think advantage San Francisco. Yeah, I do too. Uh, the one thing that I would say about Mike McCarthy is because I live in Dallas and I do radio in DFW. Um, Mike McCarthy, I think with a lot of fans, gets a really raw deal because people just look at, well, Kellen runs the offense, Quinn runs the defense, and Mike McCarthy doesn't look or talk like Jason Garrett did. I'm very polished and squared away in Dallas, and he's more of a gruff, (laughs) big guy. And so like, there's a portion of the Cowboys fan base, and it's not a tiny portion, that kind of thinks he's an idiot. And I'm just sitting there going, you just won 12 games again, two years in a row, Five games started by a backup quarterback and you're ready to run the head coach. And I just don't get it. I would trade. I would trade for Shanahan in a heartbeat, but this is just for Cowboy fans. Chill out. They also think Kellen Moore's an idiot. And over the last three years, the Cowboys score more points than anyone in football when Dak plays. But yet a lot of the fan base thinks both of the offensive coaches are dumb and it's so confusing. It's so I'll take your coach. But our coach is good. Well, see, I, and I do think that there's a similarity, and I think both fan bases are going to not like what I'm about to say. But I think there's a similarity in the fan bases. That's the part they're not going to like. In that, both fan bases are so used to long runs of success that we forget how difficult it is to win in the NFL. Like to win 12 games, like you said, five games of the backup quarterback. But I think what Kyle Shanahan has done down to his third string quarterback is like pretty amazing. But it's very hard to win in the NFL, but both fan bases were used to a decade each of just continued success, Super Bowl after Super Bowl, win after win. And so I think sometimes the current regimes suffer from that because, and that's yeah, the thing. So go yeah. ahead, sorry, Jeff. Yeah, I just I think it's important for uh, fan bases of every sport to realize it's not the world. Like you got to live that. 
You ain't gonna live that again. Patriots faces are feeling it now. (laughs) Yeah, like the Patriots and Belichick and Brady did it in the salary cap era, but for the Cowboys, like congrats from ninety-one to ninety-six. You had 500 Hall uh-huh. of Famers. Uh, it was really just the Herschel Walker trade that made a lot of that possible. Uh, but it ain't coming back. So when you get to the playoffs, and if you're in the mix more often than not, you're doing yeah. okay. And you hope that your team plays well in the postseason. And if they don't, well, crap. Hopefully we're here again next year. It could be worse, and I promise. That's the thing. You want the people who can get you there. And then once you get there, everyone's really good. Like everyone in the playoffs is even. Even I know now that there are, you know, seven teams in each conference, sometimes that seven seed is not great, but you know, every team here is really good. And that's the thing that you have to remember. All right. So this is, a, this is obviously a big rivalry. It goes back years and years. I think it is going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a close game. I, I do think San Francisco is the better team from top to bottom, but I, this is a game they could lose. Dallas is tough. And it's probably the toughest opponent they've seen in 11 games. So with all that being said, what is your prediction? I agree with every single thing you said. And I want to be able to say that almost every time a football game is played in the NFL, it can be almost as simple as which quarterback would you Uh pick? But in this case, let me look at the 49ers, just full blanket thing real quick. I think the 49ers probably have a better offensive line. They they have better weapons. They have a better defensive line. They have better linebackers. They have better corners. Uh, Cowboys have good safeties too, so we'll just push that one. Uh, They're just, they're a really, really, really good team. If you pick the Cowboys, you're just predicting that uh, the Brock Purdy turns into a pumpkin Cinderella thing. Um, so I agree. Could the Cowboys win this game? Sure. It's somewhere near a coin flip, but in my honest heart of hearts, I think it's like 27, 24 Niners, 30 to 27 Niners. And I wouldn't be surprised if both of those numbers were 10 points lower if the defenses have a good day, but I'll say something like 27, 24 San Francisco. All right, I've been picking like 27, 21 San Francisco. So. Oh my gosh. What a jerk. Who me? Yeah, you took you got him beating us by six. That's a lot of that's more than three. That's rude. <laughs> you know what? That is rude. And you were so nice to come on the pod, but I'm still gonna stick with it. Also, <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I am terrible at score predictions. And I mean awful. Oh, great. And the thing that's you know what I just respect about myself is that I just keep doing them. I will not be deterred by my terribleness at them, but I'm awful at them. Absolutely. Well, I picked the, I picked the Cowboys by a field goal against Tampa, and so uh, I'll just say I clearly severely underestimated the greatness of the Cowboys, and I'm going to do it again by picking them to lose this game, and I'll just see if I can continue the streak of being wrong about who the Cowboys I are. I think it was nice of me not to bring up special teams because I think based on current events, you'd probably rather have Robbie Gold kicking your extra point. Brett's going to be fine. Brett's going to be fine. We're going to shake it off. He's going to be fine. We're just going to shake it off. I cheered for that man when he made the extra point. I cheered. You would have thought, you would have, I'm a huge Dodger fan. You would have thought the Dodgers won the World Series. I was so excited for that poor guy. I, when he missed the first one, I was the standard football person. It's like, you're a kicker. Make the freaking extra point. They're going to lose a game because of an extra point. After the second one, it was like, what? And after the third one, I was like, okay, yeah. I feel bad for him. And after the and after the fourth one, I was ready to like hold him. I was like, oh no, this is not fun. This is bad. I'm sorry, man. And then when he made it, I was just like, it ain't much, but 
Good job, buddy. You did it. Um, All right, Jeff, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, You can find me on, if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, on 97.1 The Freak from 7 to 11 a.m. If you are not in the listening area, you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just look up 97.1 The Freak. Um, On YouTube at youtube.com slash Jeff Cavanaugh. I'm at Twitter at time for Jeffrey. I think that's my Instagram too. I think All right, that's well, those are a lot of things. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> you guys, if you like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by FIVO. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.